am preaching a word, and it's one word, and it's a beautiful word, and it's a word called peace. So, uh, who loves that photo? You can kind of look at that and think, oh, I like that. That looks peaceful. I wouldn't mind being there right now. Well, I'm believing that in one sense, we're going to end up in a place like that here this morning as we hear the Word of God and hear what God has for each of us in this area of peace. Because we live in a world with so many pressures. There is pressures coming from the left, the right, underneath us, above us. It just seems to be how life is these days. There is pressures. But I just love that in the same way we want great peace for our life, God wants great peace in our lives. We want it and he wants to give it. And I love that. I love that. And that's what we're going to focus on here today, about this peace that we can have in our lives, this inner peace that we can carry into tomorrow, into the rest of our lives. And what I love about the peace that God wants for each and every one of us here today, it's a peace that the world can't manufacture. It's a peace that you can't purchase. No money, amount of money in the entire world can get this peace, but it's a peace that Jesus gives, and it's a peace that he gives so freely, because peace is who Jesus is. He is the Prince of Peace, and we just got to go to him. We're talking on peace. We don't have to go anywhere else. This is what it says in Isaiah chapter 9, verses 6. This is scriptures written about 700 years before Jesus is born, and it says this, for unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Prince of Peace will be one of his names. And do you know what? This prophetic word declared 700 years before Jesus arrived was 100% accurate. Jesus is the Prince of Peace. He fulfilled this prophecy. He lived up to this prophecy. And the peace that he had, it wasn't just a peace that he held on to and said, well, when I leave the planet, bad luck, I'm taking my peace and you're just out there on your own. He's like, no, I have this peace, but it's this peace that I am giving to you. This is the peace that we can carry in our lives. And these are the words that Jesus himself spoke in John 14, 27. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Jesus is leaving us this peace. This is a powerful truth. His peace is not anything that the world can offer. It's different. It's not shallow. It's not based on circumstances. It's not dependent on the environment like an ocean view or a lake view or a mountain view. It's not dependent on a holiday or a day off. This is a beautiful, a beautiful gift that you can have that changes you, that's with you, no matter what circumstances are around you. It's with you. It's within you. This beautiful peace. And I love it because the scripture here says that our heart doesn't need to be troubled. 
doesn't need to be afraid. And the original Greek for this word trouble, terasso says and has the meaning of uncertain affinity, to cause one inward commotion, to take away calmness of mind, to disquiet, to make restless. I love that what Jesus wants for us means that we don't have to have that going on in our hearts. That there's this great exchange, that we don't have to carry the trouble that life might have in its circumstances and its situations for us. Who would like an exchange to kind of get those things out of their life and have peace come in? That's a good exchange. When I was in primary school, I grew up in a household where my mum was really quite health conscious and gave us good food, which I'm very grateful for. And my lunchbox most days in primary school was kind of predictable and boring, yet healthy. Predictable, boring, yet healthy. And I had the, just the standard brown bread sandwich and I would have all the fruits and there might be one little kind of plain biscuit, but I'd have things like prunes. I used to have prunes in primary school. I don't think another kid in the whole school knew what a prune was. They would look at these little crinkled up brown dark things and kind of go, like, what are those things you are eating? They were prunes that my mother used to put in my lunchbox. But there was another guy at school. His name was Frank in my primary school. And every day, he would have in his lunchbox something called a wagon wheel. Who knows what a wagon wheel is? How jealous was I that Frank would have a wagon wheel. For those of you that don't know, wagon wheel, it's Considered a biscuit, but I reckon it's more chocolate than biscuit. It's pretty much like a, it's kind of like a biscuit that's got like a jam filling, but it's covered and coated in chocolate. And it's in the, the shape of a wheel. So it's like a Western wagon wheel. That's, that's why it was called a wagon wheel. And every day at school, Frank had a wagon wheel and Hartley had prunes. Like, do the comparison there. Yes, I was very jealous. And occasionally, it wouldn't happen very often, but Frank would have wagon wheels that often that the odd occasion would occur where he would say, anybody want to swap for a wagon wheel? And like the whole group, me, 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 would go like crazy because everyone wanted the wagon wheel. Who knows that most times I didn't have a lot to offer him. Ooh, mandarin, (laughs) apple, prunes. But there was the odd occasion, I don't know how or what I exchanged for, that I would end up with the wagon wheel. And I would think, wow, what an exchange. This is a good exchange. I'm happy with this exchange. I'd get the wagon wheel in exchange for something that was boring and something I didn't like. Well, I just love that the Word of God here teaches us that Jesus has something, and it's His peace. It's the peace that He carried in His world. And it's something that he wants to give to us. He wants to exchange, that we don't have to go through life with these troubles. We don't have to go through life with these worries. That there's this exchange taking place. Because this original Greek meaning of the peace here, arene, has meanings like security, safety, harmony, concord, exemption from rage and havoc. And I just love that this is what we can have. See, Jesus carried it. There's a great story. We read it in Matthew 8. I'm going to read it out of the Amplified. It's a story when the big storm's happening. 
the story in the Bible about the big storm and Jesus is asleep. It says this, starting in verse 23, when he got into the boat, his disciples followed him and suddenly a violent storm arose on the sea so that the boat was being covered by the waves. This is serious storm. I don't know the last time you were out in a boat where the waves were crashing over, but we're talking, this is a, a storm of, uh, uh, that is substantial. This is a big storm. And what was Jesus doing? But Jesus was sleeping. His disciples went and woke him saying, Lord, save us, we are going to die. He said to them, why are you afraid? You men of little faith. And then I love what Jesus does here. I can imagine he just probably did it so cruisy, so relaxed. I bet you he didn't like rush out of his, his uh, sleep, sleeping state and like rush. I reckon he just cruised. Boat was probably tossing and turning. Probably got up onto the top deck. Then he got up and he rebuked the winds and the sea. And there was at once a great and wonderful calm. And I love how the Amplified says this, a perfect peacefulness. What an exchange. In the middle of chaos, in the middle of havoc, in the middle of fear of death. Look what Jesus does. Look how he turns that thing around. Look how he completely takes this moment and brings complete peace, complete calm. He brings peace. You see, Jesus knew the authority that he had. And in 2017, there is an authority. And the good news is it's an authority that we all have. When we declare and we proclaim the name of Jesus Christ, there is an authority that we carry as disciples of Jesus Christ. And there may be things going on in your world right now, and they are feeling like that, like those kind of moments of havoc and winds and waves and there's fear around. Can I tell you, know the authority that you have and use the authority that you have because you can break chains, you can push through whatever walls are there, because this is a gift that we have from Jesus Christ. We declare it into the circumstance. We declare the authority. We don't have to be here today and think, oh, but I'm not the pastor, I'm not one of the leaders. If you're a follower of Jesus Christ and you declare his name, you have authority, use it, declare it, beat what the enemy is throwing at you with the authority that's in you. It's there for you. Jesus says this in Luke 10. Then the 70 returned with joy, saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. Everyone say your name. There's the key. It's his name. And he said to them, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Behold, I give you authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Ladies and gentlemen, this is good news today. Can we give the Lord a round of applause? It's in His name we have authority. We have authority. It's there for us. This powerful name of Jesus. We need to have the revelation of who He is and use it in life. Don't be satisfied with being bullied by the enemy. Don't like, oh, it's just how it is. No, it doesn't have to be that way. 
You have authority in the name of Jesus. Use the authority. Declare that authority. Speak it into the atmosphere. Tell it into a circumstance. Who you have with him, with Jesus Christ in your life is everything we need to conquer, everything we need to live life with this beautiful peace. We have it. We have it. We have it. Because there's power in the name of Jesus. There is great power. In 1983, my family got really blessed with some tickets to a race called the James Hardy 1000 at Bathurst. See, my father was a doctor, and there, as a kid, I'm like, you know, do you know how sometimes your parents might have a job and there's like a couple of perks? Well, I don't remember that many perks from my father being a doctor. Probably once a month, the... Uh, the different sales reps would come, uh, come around to his surgery and uh, tell him about their offerings and he'd come home and it would be like, oh, kids got two pens and oh, I got this little like squeezy ball with some brand on it. It was like, yeah, great. And that was about it. But one day, one of his patients was the event organiser at this big car race. And it's like, a, it's like Australia's, you know, most renowned track is the Bathurst track. And, uh, and I was at the tender old age of seven, but uh, we were pretty excited that we had these, you know, kind of VIP passes to this race. And when we were at this race, we arrived and they were, they were amazing seats. They like had, they kind of had dual, uh, dual viewing areas that could see you coming down. I think Conrad Strait is it, and then the other straight. And they were great seats and they had a couple of outside little uh, kind of stadium seating. And then they had this area on the inside and it was, uh, it was where there was food and there was a bar. And as kids, we had no idea, uh, kind of, except that we were in there, what these tickets had. And we were wondering how much it would cost for a drink of Mellow Yellow at the bar. So I remember, I'm one of six children, I think there was five of us there that day, and my brother Winston, who was 11 at the time, were in there, and we kind of said, oh, uh, do you have the courage to go up and ask how much a drink is, you know, because we're kids and we're like, you know, we're thirsty, and we knew there was a bar and there was drinks, and... I'll never forget it. There's kind of like the, the four of us uh, are remaining in a corner. And my brother Winston went up to the bar and he kind of waited in line. He got up to the barman and he, and he asked the question, how much is a can of Mellow Yellow? And the response was, oh, son, everything's free. So my brother turns around. We're like in the back corner and he shouts out across the room, it's all free. And there with the rest of us are like, oh, it's free. And we're running up here, oh, Mellow Yellow, Mellow Yellow. It was all free. You see, our ticket, our ticket enabled us. It was all complimentary. All the food that day, all the drinks that day, it was all included in the ticket. And I think sometimes as Christians, we're not quite aware of all the authority, all that's included in a life with Jesus Christ. But the Word of God tells us that there's authority. There's authority that He had and there's authority that we have if we proclaim His name. Not your name, not my name. I don't go around saying in the name of Hartley Frederick Taylor. Be, no, I say it in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. I declare that name because it all changes. It all is dependent on that name, the name of Jesus Christ. Because God is a good God and he sent Jesus to die on a cross for us. But it didn't stop there. He has enabled us to live life well on this earth. And in Jesus' name, you are a solid rock. You are a strong tree. 
You are filled with the very person and spirit of Jesus Christ. And you are given the authority to overcome every burden, conquer every challenge, and break every change in the name of Jesus Christ. And the good news is it's not just for us, because when we start moving like that, we start helping other people in life. I just love that Brett and Scotty Linda travel the globe declaring the name of Jesus Christ in the circumstances. They know the authority they carry because of the name of Jesus, and they deliver good news. They see people healed in the name of Jesus. They see people breaking out of all the bondages that the enemy would like to to wrap around lives, and they see those things broken in the name of Jesus of Jesus Christ, not in the name of Brett Linda, not in the name of Scotty Linda, in the name of Jesus Christ. Am I right? It's in that name. It's the name that is above every other name, and there's power in the name of Jesus. And peace, we have so much to stand on. Peace is knowing where you're going for eternity. Peace is knowing God is in control. Peace is knowing all things work together for good. Peace is facing an obstacle. We're going to faith that God will get you through. Peace is knowing God's eyes are on your children when yours are not. Peace is knowing no weapon formed against you shall prosper. We need the deep assurance and the revelation of what the the Word of God says for our life so that when the storms come, and for anyone who's been a Christian more than a week, you know storms do come. When they do come, you can know that you can declare Jesus. You can speak it. You can shout it. Sometimes all you've got on the inside is a whisper. But as you get it out, the devil flees because he hates the name of Jesus Christ. Keep using it because it's where the power is. And just live life with Jesus. I'm so grateful that he's my best friend. I'm so grateful that when I was 12 years old, I made the best decision in my life, and that was to say yes to Jesus Christ, for him to come into my life, for me to have the Prince of Peace as my Savior, as my Lord, as my best friend. And I tell you what, when you live with him by your side, all you got to do is just declare him. You can be in a situation, feel like you're getting picked on, kind of like me going down a dark alley, and I've got Mick in the shadows behind me, and all of a sudden, some guy comes up and goes, Wah! wants to take me on, and I might not be the greatest fighter. I'd just go, Mick, can you deal with this? And I can just keep walking. Just know Mick's taking care of it. That's what Jesus is sometimes to us. See, we hit situations, and when you have great confidence, knowing who's got your back, because he's got our back. And my confidence in my life, it doesn't come from my abilities. It comes from the rock of Jesus Christ. He is my rock. He is my savior. He is my best friend. He is my partner. And that is a relationship. And that's what living as a Christian is. It's a relationship. And it's a relationship you've got to keep working at. You've got to keep sowing time into, praying in the word. It's it's a relationship. Keep getting that relationship stronger. Because as you get to know him better, it only gives us more confidence in life. It gives us more confidence for things that come our way. Because in the world today, there are two forces at play. There is the Prince of Peace. We know all about him. His name is Jesus. But there's also someone else, the enemy, and he is a peace stealer. And so often he's out there to try and 
to try and get our mind. He's out there to try and get our hearts. He's trying to, 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 to steal the peace and replace it with fear and anxiety and worry and concern and, and, and stress. But I just want to remind us here today that we have Jesus. And if you're here today and you think back to maybe the last three months and you think, oh, you know, I, have, I haven't had a lot of peace. There has been a lot of anxiety. There's been stress. There's been worry. I want to remind you to go into these coming months and go, no, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take this thing on differently. I'm going to declare the name above every other name into every circumstance, into every situation. I'm going to declare it. I'm going to see things be transformed. That name is so powerful. Every time I've ever gone into a new property to live in, the first thing I do is I storm that property. I have no idea who's lived there before me, but I storm that property and I declare the blood of Jesus in every single room. I declare the goodness of Jesus Christ. I declare peace into that household. I take that thing on and I set up for the glorious days God would have me in that place in the future. I set it up in prayer. I go to prayer and I set it up. And we can all do that. Sometimes you might be thinking, you know, there's an area and he is thieving from me. He's taking ground. This is the enemy. He's taking ground from me. He's done it last year. He's done it this year. Sometimes you've got to recognize that. If you're a good football coach and you're about to play an opposition, what do you do? You study the opposition. You find out their, their tactics. You find out how they play this and how they do that. You, you study them. Why? So you can combat it. So you can be ready for the onslaught. So you'll be ready and prepared for it so you can come back and you can win. So you can do well in that. Sometimes I think as Christians, we've got to be really aware of how the enemy plays. He plays dirty. He plays and tries to steal things that aren't his. And we've just got to know that we've got to come back and we've got to fight. You've got to fight for your family. You've got to fight for that job. You've got to fight over your finance. You've got to fight over that relationships. Put a bit of fight on the inside of you. Sometimes we've got to get like that to get the victory because the devil doesn't always play fair. But I just love that he is defeated in the name of Jesus. The Prince of Peace has defeated him. 2 Thessalonians 3.16. Now may the Lord of Peace himself grant you his peace at all times and in every way, that peace and spiritual well-being that comes to those who walk with him. See, it's a relationship. We walk with him. We get him close. Regardless of life circumstances, the Lord be with you all. Because there are circumstances we find ourselves in and they're not ideal. But I don't know, there's something. There's something that can always be on the inside of you. This deep conviction of God's presence, of God being with us, that can carry you through. A number of years ago, a week before Easter, I think it's five years ago now, I got struck down with meningitis. And as I was traveling through that, I was feeling sick, getting rushed between a you know, a doctor and rushing to an emergency area of a hospital and uh, you kind of know something's not great when you go to an emergency in a hospital, you kind of hand in the little referral and pretty much you go to sit down and there's people everywhere and you sit down and you hear Hartley Taylor and you're like, oh, that was fast. You kind of know that there's, there's something not great and I found myself in one of those situations about five years ago. 
And as I started to, to hear the doctors talk about this, uh, they were pretty sure that I had this meningitis. And see, meningitis has two kind of streams, and one of them uh, really is not very good at all. One of them you recover after about a seven or eight week period, but the other one's got some really bad symptoms. And there I am in the middle uh, of this situation and getting, uh, you know, injections and stuff, you know, you know taken out of my, near my spinal cord for testing and and I don't know, I'm in the middle of this. But there's this, there is this, this inner peace. It's hard to explain, but it just, it's this confidence you can have when you're a follower of Jesus Christ. There's this inner confidence, this, this peace that isn't always easy to explain, but it can be there for each and every one of us. Because Jesus is my rock. My life is in the palm of his hands. I can trust him. I've seen what he's done in my life up to now, and I have 100% trust in my future because of that. I know the word of God, and I carried this into this situation. Perfect situation? No. But peace of God in there? Yes. It can be there. And I love Philippians 4, 6, and 7, because I think it explains this. Do not be anxious about anything, but everything, by prayer, and supplication, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. I love that scripture. I love that scripture that doesn't matter what it should be like. It doesn't matter what the people around you may be in the workplace, how they're handling it. There is a peace. There is a peace that comes that transcends all understanding for each and every one of us. It surpasses all understanding. That is the peace that we can have. The peace we get from the Prince of Peace. So do a life in a way where you are always building towards this. One of the most precious 90 seconds in my entire week is the 90 seconds that I pray for my kids just before they exit the car on the way to school. I get so much confidence because every time I drop them at school, we go down this road in ride and we call it the Ziggy Zaggy Road because it's got like chicanes and uh, we used to use it like a bit of a racetrack. I've settled down now, so it's all okay. I'm driving slower these days because I've got a four at the start of my, uh, start of my, uh, my age. And as soon as we get through those chicanes, it's like, okay, kids, it's prayer time. One of them might be on the phone sometimes, and that goes on the, the armrest in the middle of the car. And I pray. And I have certain prayers that I always pray over my kids. And, and I do that on the way to school in that kind of 60 to 90 seconds where I, I'm not going to have my hand or my eyes on them for the next six, seven hours. And I just release them into the care of God. I pray a prayer of blessing. I thank the Lord that his hand will be upon them. And I always have this term. I always pray that you keep them out of harm's way. And I pray that. Pray some other things. They'll be shining lights in their classroom and in the playground. And, but I pray a prayer of, of covering and protection. They're my children. Oh, how I love them. And I pray this. I pray the name of Jesus over them. And it just gives me confidence that they're in the palm of God's hands when my eyes aren't on them. 
and there's situations we're all going into that we can pray into. Don't get me wrong, when things are really in the middle of it, I'll be praying hard and declaring. But I also love the before prayers, the prayers that kind of set me up, the prayers that I'll pray tomorrow that I'll see, uh, the today that I'll see the fruit tomorrow. Those kind of prayers that I know make a difference. I do that. I pray and I pray and I pray because I know my prayers are heard. I know when I pray in the name of Jesus that my prayers have an authority and I speak them and I declare them. But here today, we can all do it. It's not just the front row, as I said before, the pastors or the leaders. If you have Jesus Christ as your Savior, if He is your Lord, you have authority in His name to speak, to declare. Don't let the enemy bully you around anymore. Don't let him take and steal from areas that you are designed to conquer and overcome. Be a fighter. Be someone who knows the power of the name of Jesus. As I ask the band to come now, the power, the power of the name of Jesus. Because it is a beautiful name. It is the greatest name. We can shout at situations. We can get angry at situations. We can get upset at situations. But let's declare Jesus in the situations and do that with the authority He's given each and every one of us. It's that authority. That authority. To see us live a wonderful future, standing on the rock, confident, confident of our future, confident of Him working with us and for us into a great and mighty future.